and Gooner, the Deutschland Football Hour preview <laughs> of the Bundesliga season. I'm Ryan Jordan Valley, and how are you, my friend? I'm very good. Football's back. Just had the Super Cup uh, last weekend, um, yep. and I, I'm ready for I'm ready for the matches that count. Well, I'm very good too. Um, not only is football back, I went to uh, the best rivalry in American sports last night: the Cardinals and Chicago Cubs. And I'm proud to say we kicked their ass six to nothing. Um, very good. Very satisfying. Um, and Elliot, I understand. Let's start off. You know, as everybody knows, I love football, but baseball is a sport dear, dear to my heart. Elliot, you're going to a baseball game for the first time in what, 15 years? <laughs> Not that many. I don't remember the exact year, but it was uh, Justin Morneau homeward for the Twins in that game, and Joe Maurer still was playing. So I think 2011, maybe around there. It was around the time I graduated. Um, so we're going to go out uh, to see the Royals and, and the Twins in September. So I'm excited for that. I haven't been to a baseball game in ages, so it should be fun. All right, so let's get going right off the bat, I guess. Um, obviously, the biggest story probably in German football outside of Byron was the absolute debacle that Schalke, that was the Schalke season in 2020, 2021. Um, completely made a fool of themselves. I mean, I know they haven't won anything since the 50s, the league title-wise, but they're always competing. They're always in the League Cup. For all of our England English fans, this will be like, I don't know. This would it, it was about the same amount of deals as Spurs would go down because Schalke always seems to have a competitive side. They always seem to have top-quality players in their team, and it just happened as a disaster. However, Bundesliga 2, completely new slate have come up. Um, Was it just a situation? Was it just a fluke that they went down, first of all? You know, you know, every team can have a bad year. And secondly, what do they need to do? And you can call me crazy. What do they need to do to at least get back to a Europa League or Conference League place within the next year or two? All right. So let's let's let me I'm going to answer your first question first. You could say it's a fluke. But it wasn't like uh, – I don't know. They were a bad team. But the reason they were a bad team is because they made bad decisions about their squad before that season. I remember that they opened that year with Bayern beating them, what, 8-0, something like that. And then they went through three, four, five coaches in a season. And it was just – it was never endless. It looked like it was going to be the worst uh, Bundesliga season of all time and potentially the worst in football history. That's how bad they were. The reason they were bad was for two reasons. The core of the Schalke teams prior to that, because we remember a couple of years before they were they were fighting for at least top top eight, basically, is yep. the, the the pillars of that team was Western McKinney and Daniel Calajori. Those were the, those two best players, um, and I think that's not even up for a debate. Most Bundesliga fans would say the same thing. And I know they had some some attacking talent in that team, and and they were they're pre- they were pretty good in other areas. But the pillars of that original Schalke team was those two. So going into that season, we know Weston went to went to Juventus on a loan deal, went ended up being permanent. Um, so that's one of the pillars gone. And then Daniel Calajuri went to join Osberg on a free. So the, the thing that was holding them together the, the year before was the power and the, the influence of the defensive midfield. They had two core guys who, in my opinion, top 10, top 15 midfielders in the league, um, which is good enough to, to keep a team up. Both of them were gone. 
So when they came back the second year, they would get obliterated because they had no protection in front of the back line. And the, the players that were making things happen for Schalke the year before, even though they almost got relegated the year before, was those two. And now those those guys were gone. So when they came back the, the, the next year, there wasn't – they had a serious problem and they couldn't fix it. They, they, they tried spending some money. They tried to bring up back some older players. They, they made mistakes, and that's why they got relegated. Had they kept Weston and, Calig- and Calajori, uh, extended his contract for another year or something – I think they would have probably finished close to relegation. I don't think necessarily they would have been relegated, but it's, it's really hard to say what could have happened in that situation. Um, and sorry, what, what was your second question? <laughs> um, so obviously it's Schalke. They're a big club, massive, mm-hmm. right? Multiple trophies every year. And I'm not saying champions league, but what will it take for them to at least earn a conference league spot? If not this season, next season for sure, because that's the expectation. They have to be playing in Europe within a couple of years. Yeah. So this season, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, although I think there are some issues with this, with this team as far as going forward. Uh, there's there's areas of, of that need some big improvements. Um, but the acquisition of because uh, you know when you're when you're just getting promoted, you need someone that's going to give you. I don't know, what would you say, 10, 10 to 15 goals uh, in a year for, for a promotion team? Would you say that's about right? Yeah. Okay, so, so the first step is find someone in, the, in, the, in their first year after promotion that can do that for you. Again, my, my three pillars of, of, of surviving is a, either, either a solid defense or a great goalkeeper. That's number one. Somebody in the midfield that can protect the back line and someone that can can create, and again, it, it, they don't have to be great players. They have to be someone that can do that those jobs for them at least at a decent level, even if it's inconsistent. And then someone up top that can get you, that can get you 15, 10 to fifteen goals. Okay, so they have a good goalkeeper already. Um, he's been there a long time. I believe he's their captain. I think he's he's not. You're not going to have an issue as far as. Uh, keeping the balls out at least he's not going to be the reason why uh, while they concede their defense is okay needs improvement not a lot of midfield stuff but I think they'll do okay I still think that there's other teams in this area that have better midfield uh, um, options but the number one thing I think for this season was getting someone that can score now uh, for those who didn't watch the Bundesliga last season at least closely Volkham beat Bayern and Dortmund, uh, they beat Bayern once. They got they crushed in the first one, and then they they took they took four points off Dortmund. They actually might have beat them twice. They've gotten they got points off big teams. They were able to do do well for themselves. Again, they had a lot of options as far as attacking a football, but the one the guy who stuck out the most was Sebastian Polter, who scored I think ten goals for them last season, which isn't isn't a lot. But you have to remember, Bochum was a team that had three or four options at, in the attack. They weren't looking for one person to score 10 to 15 goals. They were looking for three guys to get them, I don't know, 20. So it's a totally different situation. But the, the acquisition of – because he's gone to Schalke now. Now as number one option, he can get you a 10 to 15 goal uh, season. I think he'll be closer to 15. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he'll be up there with Schick and Mane and, and I guess – and and the bunch basically, the the, the top the top regarded strikers in the league. 
but I think he could do 10 to 15. I think you could see he could do something similar with Schalke that uh, Anthony Modest did uh, with Mainz, who would help, or sorry, Cologne, who helped them kind of get back into the league and, and then did great things last year, obviously. Uh, so I think Sebastian Poulter, that acquisition is the first step in the right direction. If you do well, he gets you 10, 15, whatever it may, may be. Then you start working on the other capacities of the team, like the midfield, I think especially. I think the defense will sort itself out if once they, they, they find someone in the midfield that can that can do a, basically what Weston McKinney and Daniel Collegiore were doing a few years ago. So, But bringing in a striker that can score, I think that's, that's, that's a first step. Again, they, they made some other acquisitions, but that's the one that we're, where I'm like, okay, I see where they're doing. Um, I, I still think um, – uh, the, the guy at BFL, the, the, the midfielder, or I think he's an attacker, but um, Okagawa is, is too good to be playing in the Bundesliga, or sorry, in Bundesliga 2. I think he's got a 7 million release clause in his contract. Um, I would cash in on that if I'm shocked. I know the season starts on Friday, but that's something I would still explore because I, I just, it would feel, I, would, I think it'd be foolish for him having to play a league in a division, a second division. I think he'd do it, but that's another thing I would add. But what I like right now is, is what they have up top with, with the striker, and I think he's going to score goals for them. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy it wasn't a Hamburg situation because weren't you worried about that a little bit as well? Yeah, I was afraid they weren't going to spend any money and they weren't, weren't going to address any of their issues. Because I, what I've seen in the Premier League with Bournemouth, them doing almost nothing, I was a little worried that Schalke was going to do the same thing. And even though they didn't spend a lot, they, they addressed the one thing I think they needed the most – which was 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 Poulter, who's who's scored Bundesliga goals. He's he's. It's not like one of those players who scored a million goals in the second division. But when when you know he goes to the Bundesliga, he doesn't perform. He performed last year and performed really well in those big games that I mentioned. So that's the important thing from this. <laughs> they still got a lot to do, but it, it gives me some sense. Like okay, I know where the goals are going to come from because if you don't have that in that Schalke team, I think they're going to struggle, and then they would be in a scrap at the bottom. I think. All right, let's go across town, maybe 20 miles or under to Borussia Dortmund. Um, lose the best striker in the Bundesliga, obviously. Uh, go ahead. I mean, uh, what else is there to say other than constant disappointment and underachieving? And I, when I say underachieving, I mean woeful underachieving. Woefully underachieving every single season yeah about to win the league and then choking it away i mean yep. the, the tuchel losing last game of this game of the season a few, uh, several years ago that one still i just don't understand how that threw that one so yeah you're, you're right they're they're just they're constantly doing everything in their power to win and constantly coming up short when it matters the most yeah so obviously they're not winning this year correct no, I I, I I do have them high up in the, the league, but I don't have them. Um, I don't. I, I, this is not. Look, I think a long term next year and the year after they'll have a better chance. But this year, I have a, I have a. There's there's another team that I have as a bigger threat to Bayern. I don't think Dortmund's the one that's going to push them this year. So what do they have? What pieces are you the most interested in on this team? So the thing is, if you're going to build a champions champion like team. You need to identify what you're doing because we've seen a lot of teams in the Bundesliga and all these other leagues who have talent, but they don't have a plan. They don't have an organization. There's nothing they're doing like with, with certain teams that, you know, like Bayern, 
we know how they built this thing. When, when they lost Lewandowski, they had a very particular thing in mind and they built through that, you know, and then you see other teams who just signed, signed top players like Chelsea last year, they signed up or the last couple of years, signed a bunch of top players. I know they won the champions league recently, but there wasn't a plan. The Lukaku thing didn't work there. And it was, again, I, I think he's goal scorer, but he didn't fit what they were doing. What I like about Dortmund is they've made their point clear. This is basically, again, they've, they've signed a lot of players here, but, and they address their issues. But my biggest takeaway from this is they're, they're building around Julian Brandt, and that's exactly what they should do. He's been their best player last year, and you could argue the year before. I think he is the one to build around. He's, he's a young midfielder, one of the best in the league. He's got the quality. He's, he's shown it on a regular basis. And in those big games, he doesn't, he doesn't turn around and fold. He performs. He steps up. Now, in doing this, they have to find pieces that fit with him. So what do they do? They get Sebastian Haller. I, I know he's, he's dealing with something right now, and, and I think he's going to be out for two months. But his, the size of Sebastian Haller, the, the quickness, and his goal-scoring ability in the Bundesliga is a great thing. He's very different than Holland. He moves differently. And I think the, the, the way he plays is, is more suited to what they have there. Then they brought in the kid from Salzburg, who's very similar to Danielle Malin. And, and Malin and Brandt work really well together. So now you have two guys. Actually, all of the front three works well with your dynamic playmaker in the midfield. And then outside of that, though, in defense, big, big issue last year, I think, Seems like I think Freiburg had a better defense than, than Dortmund. And, and again, Freiburg's a, a top side, but but that shouldn't happen. So what they do, they go, they get, get they get um, Nicholas Sewell from Bayern for free. And then they go and get um, Nico Schlotterbeck from Freiburg. So now they they've solidified their 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 center back partnership. They've added into their attack, uh, and then and they got Ozkan from from. Um, from Mainz, who is a, is a player that, that from a system standpoint, will work well with Julian Brandt in the midfield. So I think this team is going in the right direction. They still need to make some moves in the next year or so to get them closer to, to contending for a title. But I like, I like what they did. I think they, they had all these issues, and they, they addressed all of them. And I think that's what I like. But I still think they're, they're a little behind, especially uh, RB Leipzig and what they're – they can potentially do in, in this season, but I think I like I like the direction they're going in because, unlike previous years, they do have a plan in place. It's just going to take maybe a maybe a year, maybe two, t- for it really to come into fruition in a great way. Sure. All right. So, time to talk about Frankfurt. Um, coming off one of their best seasons in club history, um, Europa League champions played in the Champions League this year. Um. Yep. Massive, massive, massive. Um, how do you how do you think they take the next steep step forward to let's say be a Champions League regular over the next few seasons? I think it's tough because we talk about that incredible run in the in the, the Europa League. It, we got nothing for love and admiration. It's it was one of their best years in Europe, and and that's that's that that night in Seville is something those fans are going to remember for a long time. However, if you take, and again, I know it's a big part of their season last year. If you take yourselves out of that situation where you're okay, let's okay. They were amazing in the Europa league. Now let's look at what they did in the Bundesliga. And then it's like, 
it's so on on the other end of the spectrum in terms of how successful they were in the in in Europe. But I think they finished like 13th. They they spent, but they spent poorly in the summer. Other than um, Lindstrom, who who turned out to be a really good signing, but outside of that, there was there's not a lot. There's their high score, their their striker that they brought in from from the year before from River Plate only scored eight year eight goals in the Bundesliga. Um, and I think this is a team that they kept their core together. They kept Caustic. I think he'll. Be, I don't know if he'll still be there by the end of the window. And then Kamada's still there. Um, they brought in Mario Gotze back to the Bundesliga after a successful run in uh, in Holland. So I like kind of what they do. I think they have good quality in, in the defense in the midfield. Um, but again, I think it's it's difficult because we remember what Andre Silva did at with them two years ago. We 29 yeah. goals and how good they were and how close they were from the Champions League. I think that's what they need. They need someone that I can say, okay, this guy's going to score X amount of goals here, X amount of goals there. And, and obviously not 30, but like you said, if they got a 15 to 20 goal scorer. Yeah. And there was guaranteed at least 15 goals. Could you imagine? Yeah. And, and I like Lucas Lario, but he's not a number one. That's the problem. Bora Bora is not a number one. They have a lot of great second option strikers. And the solution to this problem was so simple and it would not have costed them a lot. There's a player this year who I think is going to be the breakout star of the Bundesliga, and that is Jordan Burkwright at Mainz. He's a under-21 German international. I think he's 22 years old. He's scored in 50% of his, his games internationally with the Germany under-21s. He had 13 goals in the Bundesliga last year with five assists. He is on a team where he's going to be relied on constantly for that. If, if he's a guy who's going to go from, from 13 to maybe 18 this season. If Frankfurt had made a move for him or somebody like that, I know Luka Jovic went to Fiorentina. I know he's played for them twice, but but that could have been interesting. There were, there were a lot of other options they could have used, and I think they ignored the, the most important thing because I think the two attackers that they have will score probably nine or eight apiece. I don't see them having a guy who can get them to 15. Jordan Burkwright is going to score 15 at least with Mainz. If Frankfurt had made a move like that, I think – I think the, the the solution to the issue, the problems that they had, would have been fixed because he's someone that can score. I know uh, Lindstrom can go behind as a false nine and score goals, but but I don't see fifteen goals in this team anywhere from an individual. They needed an individual that can get fifteen. And the problem with this is you look at Hoffenheim and some of the other some of the other teams that will that will be fighting for Europe. Hoffenheim have a guy who can get you twenty. If, if, he's, if he's motivated and ready. Um, there are other teams, obviously, in this area that can get you around that. Look at Cologne. Modest can get you 15. He had 20 last year. Uh, Jordan Burkwright, who I just mentioned, can get you 15. So you, those, Union Berlin brought in um, a good striker who I think is going to get 15. So you have to look at Union Berlin. You look at um, Cologne. You look at Mainz. They all have that thing that Frankfurt lacks. Like, if you look at Frankfurt by itself, the rest of their team is probably better than those teams. But without that guy up top to get you 15, I think that's going to prevent them from getting into a Europa League uh, or Champions League spot regularly. And that's, I think that's the only thing missing from their team because I like pretty much everything else. All right. Now on to the – I call them the strangest club in Europe because it's every other year. 
you know, Borussia Martin Lagbach, who Danielle has a very soft spot for. Yeah, they're always competitive. They're never going to get relegated. But what do you think they need to take the next step to consistently qualify for the Champions League? And do you think they had a good summer? I, 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 no, they didn't have a great summer, but they lost their best defender who just joined um, uh, Friedberg for free. Matthias Ginter was, was the heart and soul of that defense. I, I feel good as long as Jan Sommer is still – at peak, and I know he's getting older, but he still performs. This is the, truth, the truth is, and I talked about Dan, with Daniel this recently. I like every, I like a lot about their team, and I also hate everything about their team. They got a good midfielder, Florian Newhouse, who's creative, who can score goals, has come up big in, in big games. They have other components. Their left back and right backs are both very explosive, attacking minded. They have good, decent enough center backs to, to do what is needed. So they got they got a lot, and then in in the attack they have three or four different options of capable goal scorers. The problem with their team is, I, I don't think it's like the mentality problem that Dortmund have, but they they do everything well until it's time to score a goal. You put them in positions to score in front of goal, and when it comes to clinical finishing, they don't know how to hit water if they fell out of a boat. Their finishing in front of goal is so bad that. It's, it's like one of those things where you see a team and you, you know that they have the potential, but they continuously let you down. And that's why I think they are, they're not a top 10 team. And they're probably a few spots below top 10, maybe 12th, 13th around there. And the only reason they're there is because I don't have faith that they can score enough goals in front. And again, they got a new coach, um, Daniel Farka, who is the, the uh, a Norwich manager. Is that right? Wasn't I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think he, he okay. So so he he coached Norwich, and I, I know it's Norwich, but still I thought he did pretty well there. Um, transitioning to the Bundesliga, he knows this club because I believe he was an assistant there before uh, making the move um, to to Norwich. Um, so he knows the algorithm, he knows what needs to be done there. Um, but I think it's they're they're still gonna they're gonna do well. But I think in the most cr- critical part of what they do they're going to struggle if they don't, if they don't come, come basically if they can't finish better than they did last season. And I, that's the only reason I think is preventing them from maybe reaching Frankfurt Hoffenheim uh, in part of the table where they're, they're, they're going to be down there with Wolfsburg. I mean, I think Wolfsburg did well too, but, but that Wolfsburg, uh, Gladbach, they have the potential to do great things, but I just, I haven't seen it consistently from both of them and they could have a great, so two things could happen. They could have an incredible season where they start hitting the back and then it regularly and they could finish in the top six or they, their, their problems in front of goal continue and they'll, they're a mid table team that doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. So those are, it's like, it's either one or the other. And, and I would, I would, I would say that it's more likely that they'll, they won't flourish in front of goal because they haven't last year in the, uh, the whole season. They, they had that one game against Bayern where they, they were good in front of goal, and then they had the game against Wolfsburg where they scored twice in 10 minutes. Outside of that, they, they left goals on the table. And if they keep doing that, I, I don't see them being able to, to jump to Champions League stage or even Europe at this point until that improves. Maybe that means start from scratch and get a new attack because I think this, is, this, this attack is on its last legs. If they, if they don't start hitting the back of the net this season, they're going to have to buy a lot of new players up uh, in their attack. And, um, but it's, it's, so it's, it's a difficult one, but I think, I think they're going to struggle in front of goal, and I think that's going to be their downfall. 
right. So the big one, and I know you got a lot to say on this because you think this man made a mistake. You win the league 10 years in a row. Um, obviously, eight of those years when the start of it, you had arguably the best player in the world, Robert Lewandowski. You lose the best player in the world right now, Robert Lewandowski, to Barcelona, who are going to be good this year. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, there's no more pride in, pride in Barca anymore because it's just ridiculous. They sold, their, they sold their soul to the devil, basically. <laughs> yeah. Son of Lewandowski. However, first of all, he's still a Bayern legend, obviously. Would you not agree? No. Yeah, no question about it. I know yeah. that uh, that he what he did was – you can, from a football standpoint, it's hard to understand why he would do that, especially this summer that they had. Their summer was insane, but and he still left, which just I just don't understand one bit. Um, and I understand, okay, he wants to experience a different a different league. I get all that, but uh, but again, legend, no doubt. Second, uh, he's I think he's second in Bundesliga goals. He was within within like sixty of of or eight. I mean, it's between sixty and eighty to 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 break the record. He's won. With Dortmund, he's won with with Bayern. He's he's been to Champions League finals. He's lost. He's won, and you know he's 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 a German icon and legend. Forty one goals that season broke Ed Müller's record and all that. So, uh, all obviously a legend, but obviously, for you, it's it's hard to, to get your brain around why he would leave at this point, considering what happened this summer. Yeah. Now, you still believe? Obviously, Bayern are going to win the league. Um. Me and you both agree that we think Leipzig are about a year away. Um, yeah, probably. But can this obviously the Bundesliga is great and all, and me and you both love it. But we all know the one trophy this team truly covets. They've won it six times. Um, they won it in 2020, beating PSG. Um, first of all, obviously, I think you have the first in, in the league table. But with the loss of the best the most prolific goal scorer in the world. Are they, can they still compete for the Champions League title? Yeah, I, you know, it sounds crazy because he dropped a 50 goal season last season, but I think they're going to be a little better than they were last season. Um, that's why, that's why I had a, a, such a hard time understanding why he would leave. You're basically saying, I don't want the Champions League anymore. Because if Robert is still on that team, they win the Champions League. And th- I think they still probably are a, you know, with Real Madrid should be favorites to win it. Um, that's why it blew my mind. Um, and we talk about what they did in the Super Cup. And I know Leipzig came back, but but Leipzig, they just had some incredibly incredible moments of brilliance to do that. Um, and, you know, that's the Super Cup. Those are the two best teams in the league with the two best coaches in the league with probably the two best attacks in the league. So you're going to see a goal fest in that game, even though, but they ran out to that. What, I think it was a four, one lead in, until um, Leipzig start coming back and it was flawless. They played, they didn't play their strongest lineup either because guys like uh, Benjamin Pavard and Marcel Sabitzer was in that lineup. So, and they had uh, DeLitt was on the bench. Ryan Gravenberch was on the bench. The other, uh, the other defender, the guy from Ajax was on the bench. So they didn't play at full strength and they still looked in, they just looked insane. The attacking, uh, matchups that they had were great. Jamal Musiala in in midfield was was exceptional. I, like I I I think we'll see what happens on Friday, but I do think that he has to start this season practically every game because what he did in that first. Half, go ahead. Who are they playing Friday? Uh, Frankfurt. So obviously, so you, but go ahead. So we'll talk about that game. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just cover it really quick. My, but the point is, in that game, Jamal Musiala's performance in the first half, he only played 60 minutes, and he was, he was breathtaking. You, you look at all these talents around the world, and I know everyone knows that Florian Wirtz is as, as high as you could possibly – I rate him higher than pretty much anybody in his age group uh, outside of Mbappe and Holland and all that stuff. But, but for, for the young, young players coming up in England and, and Spain and Germany, he's, he's special. And you saw how impactful he is. The way he he positions himself, the way he scored that first goal, he sets up the 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 third goal, and he had something to do with the second goal game uh, when they got on the counter. So I think the, the the sixty minutes he played was sensational. And this guy's only nineteen years old. He's going to be a big name at the at the World Cup this summer, and he played Wait, so sir. well. Yeah, he he played so well, and then he came off the bench in sixty minutes because he has to because the Bayern are, are have a stacked deck on deck. Uh, in, in with the depth now because they didn't have the depth last year that's why they struggled and now they have they have quality everywhere and then the way they handle that that lead Sadio Mane scored on his debut scored two goals that were offsides and then Kinsley Coleman comes off the bench in that position and does crazy I mean the attacking options they have is a lot I like what they have defensively um both on the outside and they put uh they put Alfonso Davies in, in midfield on the left wing kind of um, or just underneath where the attack was. And I think the thing about Nagelsmann is he's never going to have the same formation. He changes it a lot, which is, made, was, is why he's one of the best managers in the world and certainly the best young manager. So there's the, the, the options and the depth that they have at all these positions with players um, that are going to start some games, come off the bench, others. And I think they're just too deep. This is a Champions League level of a d- deep team. And they, then they, I think the other day they just signed another a young player from, uh, from a team in France and paid good money for it. So th- I think they have the quality top to front. I think Neuer isn't what he once was, but still will do enough. I think defensively they've improved. I think the attack is, is great. And I really like the uh, Muller and Sadio Mane up top um, as, as the attack. Because remember, before Robert was Robert, Sadio, uh, sorry, 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 Thomas Muller was a 20-goal guy. And if he can play, if he can take up a more assertive role while also being a supplier in a, a two-man attack with him and Mane, I think it's great. And then comes off the bench, uh, Kinsley Coleman comes to the bench and is involved in a goal. And then, uh, um, um, sorry, uh, Leo Arsane scores a great goal at the end. And I think it would be, it will be almost, I, I don't, I, I think Leipzig will pressure them, but I think it's, it's, this is a team that, that should be winning could win everything. I don't know if they'll win the Champions because that's it's it's hard to do. Um, but they have the team to do it, and I don't think I don't think they'll be re- that weakened even in the Champions League by Roberts of departure. I think this team is is arguably the best in the world. And, and watching that game on open uh, on the in the Super Cup, you know all the questions I might have had about buying Rancher. And it's just one game, but uh, we'll see what they do on Friday. But I really do think they got everything they need to to win everything. If you're Byron at this point. And this sounds crazy. You got the 10 in a row, okay? So hear me out on this. Would you sacrifice winning the league to go full push for the Champions League? At yeah, this point? definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're probably good enough to win the, the league anyways. But, yeah, if, if it means sacrificing it, I, I don't see an issue with that. If, if, they're, if, if they feel like they need to do that, again, like I said, they're, they're second team could probably finish in, I don't know, second of the league. So 
they have the depth to do it. And, and I would, I would rest certain big players, uh, not in the group stage because I don't think that's necessary, but it beyond the group stage. I think before those games, I would like to see guys like, like Mane, Mueller, Musiala, uh, Davies all be given a rest before important champions league matches. Um, but, but yeah, they should definitely champions league should be the number one thing on their minds right now. Is this the greatest run in football history? And hear me out. Ten straight leagues in a row. I think it's four or five German Cups and uh, two European Cups. Haven't played in the Europa League at all. I mean, is this not – do do people not – do you think that we don't appreciate how incredible this run has been? And it's not been with the same manager either, which is just crazy to me. Yeah, there have been man- two managers, Angelotti and Kovac, was both, were both uh, sacked because it wasn't good enough. And they won both of those two years, they won the league. So I think, I think what people don't understand is they, they don't respect the Bundesliga the way they should. And it's very competitive. And I still think it's the best league in the world because my criteria isn't how many, how much, how many different champions do we have in 10 years. I don't care about that. It's, the whole, so it's, it's top to bottom. It's the quality of the players. It's, it's everything. And you notice all these Premier League teams keep buying Bundesliga players. It's not a, it's not a, a coincidence. Um, but I think people don't understand the qualities of the Bundesliga, but also don't understand that Bayern Munich are a super team. You, you take the last 10 years, you put them in any league um, with, with the Premier League, you put them in La Liga, you put them anywhere you want, and they're winning the league most of, most of those years. In England – City, City's what, won four or five? Yeah. If Byron was in that league, and no disrespect to Liverpool at all, because I, I respect what Jurgen Klopp has done there, but if Byron are in the Premier League during this run, it's, it's 50. Now, it's like – it's probably – it's every other year for both teams. And who knows? Maybe Byron would have won four or five and City would have been the Liverpool in that situation. I think By- yeah. Byron is such a superior team that they make the Bundesliga look bad because all the great teams in the Bundesliga can't compete with a team that's as good as Bayern Munich. So I think that's really what it comes down to, and that's why it's not respected. But if you, like I said, put them, put them anywhere you want during this run. Most of the time they're winning the league in any of those countries, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, uh, go ahead. And my thing is, they're constantly in the semifinal or the finals of Europe. So you can't say it's a farmer's league. No, I mean, I, it's not like Celtic winning it 10 years in a row and not even qualifying for the group stages of the Champions League. Or, you know, or the Olympiacos or whatever. Yeah. I, I, they are – it's unbelievable. It, it just shows the quality of that team that's put together. Yeah. I and mean, the thing- when you're talking like Sack, and I know people get sick of me hearing about the Cardinals, but the last two managers the Cardinals have had – so I consider the World Series, you know, it's like the Champions League. Yeah. And you need a division, and, you know, you make the playoffs, that's like qualifying. So the last four managers, Mike Matheny won the league and qualified for the playoffs. You know, the National League didn't win the World Series, won the league, and qualified for the playoffs four out of six years. You know what that got him? What, Zach? Mike <laughs> killed our last manager. Qualified for the playoffs three straight years. You know what that got him? Fired. Well, that's just something that sometimes teams expect expect greatness, you know? And I think that's the formula for Byron. And I, I it's I, I respect that because no offense to Pep, 
But if you're failing in Europe like he has with these teams over and over again, do you think he would have lasted as long as he has at City with Bayern? No. I mean, he, we know he was with Bayern, and uh, he wasn't sacked. They mutually decided to part ways. But I don't think it was all Pep wanting to leave. I think Bayern wanted to make that decision too. And he revolutionized the style of football that they played at that time. But he can't, He had the European – He when he got to Bayern, he had the European champions in his possession with, you know, you could go through that team. Ridiculous. And he couldn't even get them back to a final. And I think that's, that's the problem with, with Pep at Bayern. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because I think – and yep, Heinkes is, is all time great. So I, I'd say outside of him, I think Hans Flick had probably the best is the best of the best of as far as what they had over the recent history. And again, Nagelsmann is is on its way, on his way. And and I know people giving him a hard, a hard time. It, one day soon, he will be the best manager in the world. And I've said this, I've said this for a couple of years. And I think I just need some time on it, but. But he will be at that level with Pep and and, and um, Klopp and all those guys before you know it. He's so good because the way he adapts to his to his team. Um, and yet, last year was his first season, and, and he was just kind of feeling out the job. Um, but the way he, he adapts and adjusts his squad more than any manager in the world, in my opinion. Not to say he's the best now, but the reason he struggled is because his team didn't have the depth required to go on on a big run the champions league now he has that so i think and you'd be sweet seeing what flick what flick had did in 2020 and what all the managers have done there and and byron are just a a degree of excellence and calling the bundesliga farmers league is is just i think i found that i find it offensive you know you can you can say this player isn't good this player that's in the good they're, they're not this they're not that i you know i can take it but calling the bundesliga a farmers league is just is 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 factually inaccurate by any metric you run. It's not that the other teams aren't great. There's choke artists, of course, but it's because Bayern are so much better than everybody else. It just makes it look that way. And that's, and the only people really saying it's a farmer's league are people who don't watch it. So that's my only issue there. But Bayern is, like I said, it's, it's a factory of excellence. Yep. All right. Speaking of a club that's building a culture, and I know the football world hates it, and I know the we have a lot of Liverpool fans that listen to us. I'm not sure why, because me and you aren't the biggest Liverpool people. But I know this is going to make their skin crawl when I say because it's not proper football. RB Leipzig, give them all the credit in the world. They broke through last year to finally won a trophy, a major trophy, probably the best. I mean, you know, and by the way, before we go on this cup thing, by the way, I have given up the Arsenal of I'm a St. Louis at heart. My club started in 2023. Say, call me a plastic, whatever. I've been waiting for it my whole life. MLS, St. Louis City, FC, SC, but we'll talk about that later. I can now say it. The best cup in the world, domestic cup, the German cup, they have broke through and won a major trophy. Um, Does the avalanche start soon in terms of trophy winning for Leipzig? I think they just hit the, the the clips of what it could be, and again, it's gonna it's gonna all, a lot depend on how they they handle uh, Christopher and Cuckoo, how they handle Conrad Limer for for departures. They need to have a, a good plan to how to to not uh, dribble uh, out basically. Um, and remember, last year Robert and fifty, I think he had thirty four in the Bundesliga. He wasn't the player of the season. It was Christopher and Cuckoo. 
and anybody who watches Bundesliga, despite what Robert was doing, that wasn't actually a debate. It wasn't deniable. If you look at his stats in the Bundesliga, I he had 20 goals in the league, and then he had like 15 assists or something. The only person who had more assists was Thomas Muller, but we expect that. If you take all competitions, I think he had 35 and 20. So this is a guy who, again, he has a, he has a, a cheap release clause next year at $60 million. But, again, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but they have, they have the team. They have, they have the culture. They're building things. They – they lose players. They lost the, their best center back to PSG. And I think um, they didn't play well in the, in the first half of the game against Bayern. But the, the other options they have at center back are decent enough, and they, they'll get the best out of them. And they have one of the best goalkeepers in the league. They have so many options in the attack. Um, you look at what they did in that second half. And, again, you talk about what Nagelsmann does in terms of adjustments. Uh, Do- Dominique Tesco, who – I mean, you know, it's it's sort of just it fell into their lap because Jesse Marsh was so horrible with Leipzig that they had to make a change, and then they did, and it was the best thing that ever happened because he became overnight uh, the second best manager in the league and, and could challenge this top spot because of his adjustments, because of the way he handled his team. He handled the Europa League as best as he could, almost made the final. Then he goes into the German Cup, which is – Cup-wise, probably the best competition outside of the Champions League and stuff because look at Bayern's uh, – Bayern are the superior teams. They haven't won it for two years or two, three years, something like that. It, they it was won Dorm- it. Last time they won it was 2020. Yeah, because Dorman Dorm- won the, the, the year after, and then Leipzig won this time, and, and it was Leipzig-Dortmund the year before last. So – and they, they go into that, that situation. It's them and Freiburg, the team that they denied from getting the Champions League. Because I mean, it was unfortunate because Freiburg got a, a really shitty uh, last game of the season against Bayer Leverkusen and Schick and Duabi and all those boys, and th- that was unfortunate. Had they had a different matchup, they might have made the Champions League. Anyway, they 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 persevere. Freiburg scores first, uh, and Kuku gets them back into it, and then in extra time they win on penalties. So it, it is an amazing trophy, and I think it gives the man- current manager a lot of time to to build what he's doing there. Because we don't know who's going to get in Cuckoo. I, I assume somebody's going to pay his release clause, but maybe not. He's on a five-year deal now, and but this team is, is really good. And you can look at that first half against Bayern and the second half against Bayern. It was different teams. He made the right adjustments at the right time. Silva, remember, Andre Silva's still there. He, he didn't have a great season last year. I think that's going to change. I think him and Danny Omo up top are going to be the two players that are going to be the game changers along with Christopher and Cuckoo. And again, they have depth. They don't have as much depth as Bayern, but they're they're very well run. They they got a good coach. There's a lot of reasons to believe that Leipzig has what it takes to push put some pressure on Bayern. I don't expect them to win the league, but I expect them. There will be moments this season where they do make them uncomfortable. Yeah, and you know they're not in the Champions League, obviously. Um, no, they they are because I got fourth. Champions League, my bad. Blech. I'm reading um, the table wrong. Um, so, obviously, they're in the Champions League. Would it be the worst thing in the world, though, if they would were to drop out and then go to the Europa League and end up winning it? Yeah, no, no I, I don't I don't totally disagree with that. I, I wouldn't – I would still take the Champions League serious. Um, if they're in a group of death, though, that would just be inevitable. But I do think they have what it takes to, to go on a little run in the Champions League. But I think this team drops into the Europa League. It's It's – 
this season, especially, I think that it will be much more difficult to handle uh, than it was last year because they weren't expected to win the Europa League. They switched coaches. There's a lot of things that happened and why they didn't win the Europa League. But I've, I think they could go and, and win the Europa League this season if they were to drop out of the Champions League, which might be the best thing, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest they do it intentionally. I would just say, um, you know, if they're in a tough situation, don't, over, don't, do, don't overkill because you drop into that Europa League spot and, and they can go and hunt for, for another trophy. And I think in, in the German Cup, I think they should be favored or should be second favorites to Bayern. And I think they could win another uh, German Cup. I, they have it in them for that, at least, because Bayern yeah. will be work, worrying about the Champions League winning, potentially winning the league again. I think it will allow um, RB Leipzig to have an opportunity to win at least one more trophy this season. Yeah. And do you think it's a bad thing if they're the one that breaks Bayern's streak? If they should be the ones, because Bayern are this. I don't. Years ago, you you referred to them as the reign of terror, and I can't stop referring to them that way just because it sticks in my mind. So Bayern have this reign of terror over everybody. If you want somebody to take them out, you want them, an adversary to take take them out. A villain, because yeah, you know that Bayern are this and that, um, but the p- people don't like Leipzig. I don't have an issue with anything uh, that no, all that much. Have, not really, because it's you know if if someone said okay here's here's five hundred million dollars or euros, don't spend it. Of course, I'm going to spend it. You know that's why people get you know they won't ever have the historical aspect of it like some of these other clubs. But I like the idea of Leipzig the most hated team in Germany being the ones to knock off Bayern. It is, yeah, but, I think it, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. Oh, I was just going to say, it just adds to the intrigue of, of the season's following because you'll be in a weird situation where the most hated team in the league, everybody wants Bayern to be dethroned, but for the most hated team in Germany to do that, I think would be, a, a, I mean, just as a script writer, I think that would be for the Bundesliga. I think that would be the best thing. And I think they have a best chance because, when Leipzig have not won the league and, it looked, and they were in the title race, it wasn't because they choked. It wasn't because they folded under pressure. It was because they couldn't beat Bayern Munich. Dortmund are losing titles because they choked against Mainz, against BFL, against Hertha Berlin, against Cologne, teams like that. Leipzig aren't doing that. They're losing to Bayern. That's why, they're, that's why they haven't won a league yet, and that's why they haven't really put, a, put their best foot forward sometimes. It, it's not just because of – it's not because they, they can't handle the rest of the pack. It's because they can't handle buying, and that's the only reason. And honestly, who gives a shit about history? Would you rather be a, honestly? Would you rather be a Bolton or a Werder fan, where your team's fucking garbage every year, even though they've had a great history, or would you rather be a Leipzig fan and see say I don't give a shit. I'm from this town. We're winning. Yeah, and the people in Leipzig they have a great fan base there. And it's not like they just – it's not like Chelsea or, or – no, I guess Chelsea's not a good example. Man City, the fans appear that we, that, that we didn't know they had. It's, it's, it's different because people in that town love Leipzig. It's their, it's their whole life. And even though they're frustrated with the whole – a lot of players go from Leipzig to Bayern and stuff like that, but, but they pack up the – if you see the, the Red Bull Arena in the Super Cup or just in the Bundesliga in general, they pack up. They sell out. It is not an easy place to go win matches. So with all that being said, I, I think, you know, who cares? Leipzig fans should have a team to celebrate and be something because they, they didn't have a team for many years, and now they got one. Even though they got all this money, who cares? You know, those, the, the fans in that city will, will, will idolize the, 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 the trophies that come, and they won't care if they got it because of this way or the other way.
The fans have always been there. It's just they haven't had a team to celebrate. And they finally do. Um, all right. So, next topic. We're going to go with – let's look up and down the table. I'm going to treat you to talk about. Leverkusen. Um, by Leverkusen, always little brother team in Germany. They squeak out a couple Champions League appearances every now and again. Um when are they going to get some silverware, though, in that cabinet? And obviously not the league, but when do you think – do you think this team is poised for a German Cup run this year? Yes. Okay. Yes and no. Yes. Do they have the team to do it? Absolutely. The, 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 again, the, the thing that I'm concerned with, and I think – look, I think they're better than Dortmund, um, but I do have Dortmund ahead of them in the table for one reason and one reason only. Florian Wirtz is out until 2023. He's probably missing the World Cup, which might have sabotaged my pick for, for who's going to win it and all that stuff. But I think him not being there, in, so there's kind of there's two ways about this. If he's not there and they don't have that playmaker in the midfield that they do when he's there, they're not going to be as successful. They're not going to be as good. Um, in, in, in general, I think that's kind of the consensus. But if he if, – if they – if Schick – so this is, this is the other thing. I think Schick is winning the golden boot. I'm saying this now, and I know Mane will probably be close. I think Schick's winning the Golden Boot because when he was rolling last year before he got injured, he was he was not that far behind Lewandowski. And according to metrics last season, they they ranked him as the number one striker in terms of efficiency in front of goal. So his the high quality nature of his shots, and again, it's odd because I'm talking about someone who flopped at Roma and was did, didn't do well when we had him. But in Leverkusen, he's been a different monster. He goes has that great Euros comes in. That last season, twenty goals last season. So he, if he can score, they kept Musa Diaby on the out there on the outside. That's a huge deal. And I think all in all, they have what it takes. And they br- just brought in um, Osman from some from Saint uh, Petersburg, Moscow. And I think they're going to have a good team. They're going to have a team that's that's capable of pushing. My only question about Leverkusen is whether or not when Wurtz comes back, is he the same guy we saw last year or? Um, is, is it going to be a little bit of a growing period? If, I, if you could guarantee me Florian Wirtz, full health start of the season, I think this is probably a team that's right there with Leipzig as far as pushing Bayern. But the absence of him and him not being there immediately, I think is, is a little scary. But I do think the rest of the quality that they have is, is more than good enough to push and, and, and be, be formidable in the cup. I do expect them to go on a cup run still. Uh, I don't know what will happen with that. And I do think they'll be they'll get back to the Champions League again. Um, they have a good good foundation there, and I think they're gonna they're gonna do really well this season. And uh, yeah, I think and I actually think they're gonna beat Dortmund on the opening uh, game of the season. I just have a feeling about it. You just have a feeling. All right. So now on to our next topic: the table. I've got through all the teams I want to do, so let's hear your table. Let's give some reasons. Starting off with the relegated teams. All right, my bottom two are, I think it's pretty self explanatory. Uh, bottom of the pile, Hertha Berlin. I mean, no midfield. I, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Their best players are their center back and left back. That's a problem. When you're at the bottom in the Bundesliga, you need to score goals. Um, you need some, and you need to be able to create opportunities. I don't see that happening. I see them struggling from the very beginning. And I, I think they're going to get off to a bad start. And I think uh, they're, after the first month or two of the seasons, 
it will feel like there's no way coming back from it. They could still find a way to do things if they, if they strengthen, but, but their, their, their best two players are in the defense positions and the only other creative midfielder that they have right now is being chased by club Bruges. And I, 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 I think they'll get that deal done. So you're losing your best midfielder and you got two, your best players are in defense positions. I have no idea where the goals are coming from. They still have Kevin Prince Boateng. They still have David Selke. They have uh, Christophe Piontek with a great season in Milan and they just fell off the face of the earth. I can't, I can't, there's nothing about those teams, those, those options that make me feel, okay, they can get this point or this point. This is sort of like, okay, how are they going to score goals? They don't have a creative midfielder. They don't have good attacking options. Maybe they'll get some zero zeros, but of the, of the teams in this league, I think this Hertha Berlin is by far the, the most likely to get relegated because I, don't, I can't think of a reason why they wouldn't, would they, how they would survive, unfortunately. And I love their stadium. They still have good history in the Bundesliga and all that. They're, I think they're the oldest team in the Bundesliga, um, to, and, you know, founded in the 1800s and stuff. So it's unfortunate, and, and we're going to miss the Berlin Derby. But I can't figure – there's nothing – I've thought about this for a long time. There's, I can't think of a one reason they would survive. So, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Will they have a worse goal differential than San Marino, though? Probably not. <laughs> I'll probably score some goals. I, I, I think their top scorer could get maybe six. But six ain't good enough if, you're, if, you're, if you don't have the rest of the uh, team together. All right. Who's coming in 17th? Uh, I mean – we, you and I always call them the most irrelevant team in the Bundesliga. It's, it's Werner Brennan. I yep. mean, so here's the thing. They've made some interesting signings um, in defense. I do like their goalkeeper a lot. Um, the, the midfield is the issue, though. Who, who's going to create chances for their attack? Their top score last season had 20 goals in the Bundesliga, too. But I, 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 I ran some numbers. And in the Bundesliga, in the Bundesliga, when he had been in the Bundesliga in the past, uh, he's played three seasons in the Bundesliga. He's got three goals. So it's kind of the same thing as Hertha Berlin. I don't know where, who's going to score. But secondly, I think they have, they, have, they have a small chance of surviving because I think they're decent in defense and they got a goalkeeper that's going to make saves. Uh, but they're dry in the midfield. They got one piece that could be interesting. I, that they got nothing in attack. So it's gonna, it's really gonna depend on how well they can defend, and I think getting points against the bottom sides are going to be important. But I, this is a team that I could see teams like Bayern and Dortmund and Leipzig really take advantage of. But if they can get points against the middle of the table and below, then maybe they have a chance. But I just don't have a lot of faith that they'll be able to do so because of the glaring issues that are there. And I hope they get relegated. I, I know you never want to root for a team, but I really don't care. I hope they're go down. I don't but like them. Gonna, <laughs> to be honest, I don't like them. They're like we said all the time. They're just irrelevant. Even if sure. they're, and again, yeah. So I, I just, I, I'm just not a fan of them. And it's, it's nothing personal. It's just that they don't, they don't bring a, a level of intrigue into the Bundesliga. Had Darmstadt come in, had Hamburg come back. There's a lot of, there's a lot of other options here as far as, as teams that would be more interesting. And I just I find them not relevant at all. And that's the main reason I want them to get relegated. All right, your 16th team that will be fighting in the playoff. Okay, so the next couple teams are very close, and I think it's, it's harsh. This is harsh because I like a lot of what they have going for them, um, but it's Stuttgart. They almost got relegated last year. Um, I mean, I could name the talent in this team. 
They have uh, the guy from Arsenal that, that signed for them and just went to Stuttgart for the last three years and never played a game, I don't think. It's Marvapanos in defense. You got uh, Endo and Ito, both other good defenders. They have, um, they have Sasha Kalajic, but he, I don't think he wants to be there anymore. So I don't know what version of him I'm getting. If, if I'm going to get, am I going to platform my next move by scoring 15 goals this season? Or am I just going to drag my feet and, and, and contribute what I can, but I'm not, I'm not going to kill myself for this team. Then they have Ten Guy Bali out wide. He's a good player. They have quality in this team. And then, again, the one thing I had about them that I thought, okay, this could be interesting, is Mangala, who is their, who's a box-to-box midfielder who was, who's gonna, kind of kept it together in that area. He just went to Nottingham Forest. So now they got now they don't someone got a damn thing in midfield. The attack, I'm not worried about. Sasha collides will score goals. Defending is okay, but who's gonna get the my issue with, with Stuttgart is who's gonna get him the ball? Because I can't find a person in the midfield that can actually physically give get him get this the the Austrian hitman, as I like to call him, up top the ball to score goals. Now again, I think they're they're gonna have a decent season, but I do think they'll get into the playoff and I because of the quality that they have in their team, there's a good chance that they maybe still survive it. But I, I, I can't. I, there's just there's glaring errors in this team that the rest of the teams in this area I have a little bit of an advantage over them. All right, so the team that is guaranteed to survive at number fifteen. Uh, again, they made one great. They made a good signing, and I think that they have long term potential going forward. But Schalke. Uh, I think it's very close between them and the next three. Um, and I think they got – we talked about this already, but they, they, they have some work to do in the midfield. I think they're decent in defense and goal. Uh, they got a guy up top that can score them goals, and I think I think his goals alone will keep him up. Um, you could say that true guards midfield and, and defense are better, and, and maybe their attack is better. But there are certain things that about true guard that I think that – I don't know. I just have a feeling that, that sometimes – Stuttgart, uh, who's ha- who has a good coach, puts them in position to win, and they can't execute the plan. I don't see that. I think Schalke is building something, and I think some of the some of like the the sneaky signings that they made, you know, the positions could turn out really well. Um, but I think the main reason I have them surviving is because I I have faith that Sebastian Polter is going to go go off and score 15 goals this season, and I think if he scores 15, it's it's good enough. And I I don't see them um, getting relegated. But it, it, I think it will be tight between them and, and Strugar. But because of Poulter's uh, coming in, um, I, I think I think they'll you'll be fine. This year it's going to be a little chippy, but next year and the year after, I think they'll be much more kind of driving towards the the, the European spots in, in the coming years. But this year, I think it's it's uh, it's not because it's just Sebastian Poulter by himself, kind of in the attack, in the attack. So he'll get the goals, um, but I, I and I don't think they'll get relegated. But it will be uh, difficult at the bottom at, at certain points this season. All right, who do you got, number fourteen? Um, so fourteen, I have uh, uh, Osberg. Um, it's this one's difficult because there's so many aspects of the team that are, that I like. I like what we talked about before, Danielle Kulajuri in midfield. I like what they have in defense. Um, I think they have enough. I think the midfield is pretty strong too, and I think potentially they could get some goal scoring output. Um, I think this is another team between them and, and Strugard and, and Schalke all could be in, in within points of each other. Um, there's 
I like, but there's a lot I don't like. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, the reason I have them here is I'm, I'm putting a just some faith in Rick, Richard, Richard, what is his name? Pepe, Ricardo Pepe, um, the American kid. He's played 13 games. He's got no goals. I suspect he'll start scoring. If he does not start scoring and Ruben Vargas doesn't score a lot, lot i think they're going to start slipping towards the the more dangerous part of the table but i just i just he has to start scoring eventually he's played 13 games he started a bunch of games he hasn't done it yet he needs to do it sooner rather than later i think he will not saying he's gonna get 20 goals but he'll he'll start scoring enough to give the team a bit more confidence all right number 13 all right in 13th i have um uh, uh, Bochum, um, they lost their top two players from last season, um, goal scoring wise, but they have a lot of goal scoring options in a lot of different uh, places, especially in the attack. Um, I think their midfield's still pretty strong. I think defensively and the goalkeeper are good. I think they're just solid. They're not exceptional anywhere, but I think they're just solid all around. And I don't see as much vulnerability with them as the others. Um, if you're looking at the bottom part of the table, there this is where I think quality starts dipping away from from um, Osberg, Schalke, um, and Stuttgart. I think Bochum are just a little ahead. I think they have a great coach. They got good energy uh, away from home. Um, they're very, very good. Uh, or, sorry, when they're at home, they're they're very good. Um, they play a totally different style at, at away uh, away from home because. It's sort of this the the, um, the the fear of playing against top sides. You can't really play them the same way. But at home against top teams, they'll press them and uh, and get points like that, like they did against Bayern and Dortmund last season. Um, I do think they'll get points off some big teams this year just because of the, their mentality and the way they play. Um, they're a solid team, and I think they got quality in, in several positions. But um, I, I can't see them going any further than this. But I don't I don't really think they're going to have to deal with relegation. I think they'll. They won't be comfortable, but they won't be uncomfortable. I think they're 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 not really going to be in the threat of of going down. At least I don't think so, considering that they still have plenty of quality in their squad. All right, now to the teams that will survive. With currently right. our top twelve, number twelve. Uh, same as last year, uh, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. We covered this before. They got a lot of quality. There's a lot of talent in the squad. The only thing it comes down to is not being able to stick the ball in the back of the net when they need to stick the ball in the back of the net. Their lack of finishing in front of goal is the only reason they're here. That's why I have them at 12th and not 8th. It really comes down to that aspect of it because without, without all that, um, with that, with them converting, I think they're much better. But I think this is a team that's just going to let you down this season. And they did lose their best defender. So um, the teams above them have made better business in the, in the market. And I think that's a big reason why they have them just a 12th, but they easily could, could jump. I just don't know what they're going to be like under Daniel Farca, but we'll see how it goes. And uh, I think they're at least not going to have to deal with the bottom. All right. You're, our, your number 11 squad. Uh, that would be Wolfsburg. I think Wolfsburg, Gladbach, you could flip a coin as far as that, but um, they did lose some pieces, but they brought in, and I, again, this deal just, it blows my mind that they pulled this off for so cheap. But, but Matthias Svonberg, um, if you watch Serie A, he is uh, one of the stars of the Bologna team that I think because his departure are going to be just decapitated in midfield. 
Um, they get that done for a sneaky deal for $9 million. They get Patrick Wimmer, my favorite player on Bielefeld, for seven. They spent less than $20 million and, and probably grabbed two players that are going to be so important to what they do this uh, upcoming season. Um, the, the attack is okay. I, I think uh, they're very experienced because they have Max Cruz, who's a, a Bundesliga veteran who's been around lots of places, but is a goal scorer. Um, and he came in January went and left Berlin. Uh, and then you have uh, Jonas Wynn, who came from Copenhagen after Wake, uh, Watt Wakehorse went to Burnley. Um, and he scored, I think, six goals, six or seven goals since coming in January. And then they have the uh, Nakea brothers. The, the, they're, uh, they used to play for Man City. They, they Both of them went to Wolfsburg last year. And there were moments where they were kind of coming on as, as, as crucial parts. Um, but they just need more consistency. They did lose a midfielder, but they, they filled it. I think defensively, they're much better than they were they showed last year. And yeah, I think all around they're they're solid. They're just not great anywhere. All right, so we're done with the bottom eight squads. Now it's time for the quality in the league, as I like to call it. Your top ten Bundesliga teams. Who is coming in tenth place this year? Uh, I think it's great. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll say, say team first. Uh, Cologne is my 10th squad. Uh, I think it's great that they got back into like, so sorry to say something. Good pick. Yeah. Um, so this is actually a little further back than they finished last season. Um, but I'll say this, they're going to be in Europe and they're going to be the conference league. I, I think, or Europe, I think, I think conference. Um, I think genuinely that they're going to go for it in the conference league. Um, I do not think that they're very deep meaning it's going to be the same 11, the same tw- 11 to 13 players are going to see the pitch in the Bundesliga and in the Conference League. And I just think – I think they're going to probably do well in the Conference League. So I think that is going to exhaust them to the point where they can't finish, you know, you know going forward. But the thing is, I still think 10th place for Cologne is a great season. Even if they finished, whatever, 7th last season, dropping from 7th to 10th is, is probably not the best. But a top 10 finish in back-to-back years, I think, is an incredible season. Um, I think Modest is 34 years old. He's one of the most underrated strikers in the Bundesliga historically and currently. Got 20 games, uh, 20 goals last year. I think he'll get another 18 this year. I think at some point his, his quality is going to dip, but I don't see that happening this year. I think he's got at least one more year of, of top quality where he could be among the best scorers in the league. Um, but I think that's a lot of pressure to have on a 34 year old. So if you, it's asking a lot is basically the point. And I think the European involvement is also something that's going to downput them a little bit, but they're still plenty good to finish in the top 10. I think they got a lot of quality there. And I don't, I don't think they're going to, they're going to be too worried about the bottom. I think they're going to be trying to push, but I, I don't think they'll, they'll finish up above 10th. But I think again, for Cologne, 10th is a great season. So, so, uh, so when I when I pick them in tenth, it's 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 all admiration. I just think there's some teams a little better, but I think tenth spot for for Cologne is perfect. All right, number nine. Um, <laughs> number nine is the other team that wears almost the same colors, and that is uh, Mainz. Um, similar to Cologne, um, they're 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 the quality around. Um, they're going to be heavily relied on Jordan Burkhardt. I think he's going to go crazy. They got some other players in their team that's that are they're fairly formidable as well. Um, I think in terms of quality, the two teams 
you know, mines in Cologne. The difference is mines is not in Europe, so they will not have to deal with with playing uh, two matches every uh, week sometimes. Um, and they also their, – their striker up top is 22 years old. So I think a 22-year-old Jordan Burkhart gives me more confidence about what he can do this season than a 34-year-old Anthony Modest. As good as he is, I think there's going to be some – it's going to be tough on his body having to play so many games. So because of that, I think mine's – I have a slight edge. I think they're basically the same level of quality. It just – one's in Europe and one isn't. One has a 23-year-old star. One has a 34-year-old star. And that's really the, the big difference here. It's not that, that Cologne or Mainz is so much better than Cologne. It's just circumstances kind of favor their direction versus a Cologne team that's going to be, I think, um, worn out from, from, uh, from so much football this season. All right. Now our number eight squad. All right. So in eighth, I have Union Berlin. And – I know that they lost their best player on the team in January and then lost their second best player this summer going to Forest. Um, they did bring in a Jordan uh, uh, Sasachawan or something. He's American. I, I, he, he was the guy scoring big goals at, at uh, Young Boys last season. Um, and I think – I'll be honest. I don't think he's getting 20 goals, but I think he could get 15. So the, the striker issue could be solved if he if he's off off the mark and he did score in their uh, in their opening um, game in the German Cup. Um, so so it, he has shown that he can score. I think yeah, this is a good team. I'll be honest, top two on is a good team. It's a good coach, um, good midfield, good defense. Pretty uh, goalkeepers okay, not great, but doesn't need to be great. Um, and I also think this is this is something I think that goes into it. Union Berlin is not a pleasant place to go play football going opposing teams going into that arena is is always difficult and they're always going to have some sort of 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 animosity not animosity but it's going to be it's going to be an uncomfortable environment they've got european football the last two years on the last day of the season they at home both home games their home is a fortress they are not i think at least at this point they're the best team in berlin which may not be saying a lot, but I think their their environment and their atmosphere is a big part of why they're going to have good season. And I also think the team's quite good. All right, so now the top seven, the European places. Who is going to the Conference League? Uh, that uh, Frankfurt, uh, I have in seventh. Um, it was really close between them and one other. But like we talked about before, there's a lot to like about this team. They got a good coach. They got a good, a pretty good midfield. They got one of the best keepers in the league. Defensively, they don't make they don't make too many errors. It's just that attack. Um, and I know they brought in Olario, and then they have Bora Bora there as much as as well as uh, Mario Gotze. But they don't have an Andre Silva type. They can get you 15, 20 goals. And I think that's the big separator here is as they may have have gained some some quality, but they they didn't they didn't address the the big issue, which is amount of goal scoring. Their goal scoring was their issue last season, and I think it's going to be their issue again this season. I think they'll be a little better. They're going to, they're, I think they're probably the most improved team this season as far as where they will finish and where they finished last year. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think there's a few other teams that just have a little bit more and they don't have the issue with who's going to score our goals. And I also think they're going to – they could be a surprise in the Champions League. 
So because of that, I think uh, the, that will be a distraction for them as well. All right, so here's my question to you. So you haven't yeah. finished the conference league, obviously. If they make it out the group stages, as we know, and are fighting for a chance in November, in December. Yeah. When that de- January transfer window opens up, if they're still in it, like they've gone on a pretty – they've made another round of 16, or they're fighting for places in Germany, which we both believe, what target could you see them going after? Is there like a striker that will not be moved by the end of August that you could see them going out and getting? Let me think here. So I don't think that Mainz are going to sell Burkhart because it's too late and they don't have another option. They're going to rely on him for everything. So that would be my initial answer. But because Mainz are, there's no way in hell they're going to move him. Um, that's that's tough. Um, if we're if we're speaking, hmm. The other one I was going to think of is Andre Kramerich. But if Hoffenheim is having a good season, I don't see him getting moved. Um, all right. This, this might be a stretch. But I think look, Leipzig have a lot of options up top. You look at you look at – I think Danny Omo. I know he's an attacking midfielder, but he plays very far up on the pitch. Um, the goal he had in the, in the Super Cup was amazing. So I think he's going to play very high up. I think we're going to get we're going to see more and more um, inclusion of Andre Silva. I think he's going to be their their top guy. They have a couple other players in attacking positions that are young over there at Leipzig, um, and I know this player has been at Leipzig forever. But Yusuf Paulson would be a sneaky buy because I think I think Leipzig are going in a different direction now, where they have a lot of younger players, and, and he's not that old. I think he's 27, 28 years old, something like that. But considering the other attacking options that are there in Leipzig, I don't think they would be opposed to moving him for the right price. So in January, if, if Frankfurt are pushing, they're good doing well in the Europa League or they're in the Champions League, Europa League, whatever the case may be, and they need someone that can get you goals, I think Yusuf Paulson would be an interesting buy. Probably is it probably 18 to 22 million is probably what they would have to uh, invest there. But they have not spent that much in, in, uh, in the summer so far. And I think Leipzig would be willing to part ways, um, at least on something. Um, and I think even though he may not be like, oh, an instant answer to 20, 20 goals a season, I think in, in a team like Frankfurt, where he would be the number one option, I could see him getting, I don't know, 10 to 12 in the second half of the season if things go well. He's a big striker. He's hard to deal with. He's very tall, very physically dangerous, dangerous in the air and – the fact that Leipzig are trying to get Timo Werner um, before the end of the window back, I think it, it, it allows an opportunity for Yusuf Paulson to, to have an avenue to a different Bundesliga team. And I think Frankfurt would be a good option for him if in January at that point um, they're, they're, we're seeing production from the other Leipzig players and he's not getting into the team as much. He didn't even play in the Super Cup. So him as potentially a, a option for Frankfurt. Um, again, it's not it's not a simple answer. It's not a simple uh, a solution. But for a late push in the season, I think that would be a perfect signing for them. All right. So now, the coveted – and, you know, you can laugh at me all you want this statement, but the coveted top six, Europa League, Champions League, obviously you want the Champions League, but these are the six most coveted spots in the major leagues. Uh, there's no shame in getting into Europa League. In fact, um, I know many fan bases have cut their left arm off for 
a chance to win it. But who is going to finish at six this year? I got. I'm going with Hoffenheim. <laughs> no, I picked them to finish sixth last year, and they finished ninth. But in my in my defense, um, they were on the, the brink of Champions League football, and then they hit a horrible stretch at the, at the worst possible moment and collapsed. Um, but I think it's important to mention they have they they secured 21 points from losing positions last season. That was the best in the Bundesliga. Um, they lost David Rahm, which was a lot of what they did pushing the ball up from the using the left flank, kind of like the Alfonso Davies role of, of, of Hoffenheim. He just went to Leipzig for 26 million. So he's not going to be there. Um, but I like a lot of it. Christoph Baumgartner in the old days when we were, you, me and Danielle were doing um, the, um, uh, I forgot what the name of the show is in so long, the, the Stadio Olimpico uh, show. What was it called? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Candace and Olympico. When when I when I used to do the um, what was it, um, underrated player of the week or something like that. He was on one of those episodes. I had uh, he was he was the guy who I mentioned, Chris Baumgartner, who was having a really good twenty twenty. He is kind of the identity of what they do in the midfield and pushing forward. He can he can track back. He can do a lot there. Um, he also has this experience. Sebastian Rudy right next to him. And the attack, you got you got options. Andre Kramer, who's a who's a guy who's had a twenty goal Bundesliga campaign before. You also have a guy in uh, uh, Bibu, who is a very good player who can who can sc- find the back of the net. Probably an eight to ten goal player um, per season. And then you have what I like to say the best Jorginho in the world, um, Jorginho Ruder, who's a nineteen year old attacking uh, of left winger. Who, who's shown incredible progress last season. So I, I don't think they're going to have an issue scoring goals. I think they'll have a lot of creativity in the midfield. Um, I think the defense is fairly good, and I think they have a good goalkeeper. The only issue I would have with this team and why I couldn't push them f- further is last year they used the left side of the pitch as a, as a panel to get crosses into the box and, and make things happen. With David Rom not being there, putting someone else in that position, I don't think they're going to have as much success in that particular area, but I think they have enough quality to, to get top six. I think they're, I think there's, I think they're moderately better than Frankfurt. Um, even if they lost a very important player, they got a lot going for them and, and they should, they got a new coach. So maybe that goes into it, but I really do think that this half time team is, is very strong. All right. The number five spot, the heartbreaking number five spot, as I like to call it, because I've seen many a heartbreak when he lose on the Champions League on the last day. But who is finishing fifth just outside the Champions League places? Speaking of my fifth person, speaking of what you just said, they did lose on out on the Champions League the last day last season. So I'm going to go with Friedberg and five. This was hard because – so here's what I'll say. There's – there's okay, so I think there's a certainty with Leipzig and Bayern. I could see an equation where Dortmund struggle. They don't have, they're not getting the goals. Sebastian Haller doesn't come back for, for, for most of the season or he doesn't play because of his medical issue. We don't see the production from the new signings and things kind of collapse. I could see them falling out. Leverkusen without um, Wurtz is, is a little concerning for me. And I think if they don't get, if they don't start well without him in the team, I think they could fall out. So if there was an opportunity if somebody fell out, Freiburg is the team that would take a spot. 
And I think, remember last year, they were in the Champions League picture for a long time. And, and I don't know what happened. It kind of uh, dwindled at the end. And, and they got screwed by having to play Bayer Leverkusen uh, with an informed Patrick Schick at the Bay Arena. They had to go away from home and play one of the hottest sides in the league at the time. And then I think um, uh, Leipzig got to play a bottom six team. And I think that's really why they didn't make the Champions League. And it wasn't their fault. And then they lose the cup finals. It's, 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 it's tough. Um, but I think there's a lot of quality. Again, this is not a team that has a, a, an individual that's going to score 15. But they got about six attackers that, they could, that can score goals. They got a very good midfield. Um, what I like to call one of the most disrespected Italians in the world, Vincenzo Grifo, who's an incredible midfielder for them. He um, obviously – just signed a new contract. Uh, they lost um, in, uh, uh, Nicolo Schlatterbeck in defense, but they filled it with Matthias Ginter next to uh, uh, um, Philip Lionheart, which is my favorite defender in the league. They have a um, – uh, not in terms of historical, but in terms of staying a long time, the, an Arsene Wenger type at Freiburg. Um, he's been at the club since 20, uh, 2011. Um, he's been there a long time. He's an old school German uh, manager. Um, started started before uh, in his early forties. He's been at the club since 2007 as an assistant, and then eventually took over the big job. Did really well with this team. He's been he knows his team so well, and one of the best managers in the Bundesliga. I think there's. I don't think there's a. I can't think of an equation where they don't finish. Uh, fifth is the worst case scenario, and fourth would only happen if if someone falls out, but if someone is going to fall out, Freiburg will be ready to take that spot. And I think you look at everything that they've done the last couple of years and the way they improve progressively. And I think they're going to, they're going to be a team that plays well together. They'll be well-balanced and they still are going to defend at a high level. They had the number three defense last year. I don't think there's a big drop up between Schlatterbeck and, and Ginter. And I think there'll be ads difficult to, to slow down um, this season as well. All right, our top four. Who's going to be vying for the big ears in 2024? Um, I got Leverkusen in fourth. And again, I kind of brushed over this, but the only reason I have them in fourth and not second or third is because I, new coach for, actually, no, that's not true. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's the fact that Wurtz is not available. Um, I do think Shake's going to ball out. I think Diaby is going to be great. I think they're going to be. They're well balanced. They're young. They're they're energetic. They're back in the Champions League for the first time in years. Kai Havertz never played a Champions League game for for Leverkusen. To just give you some context, that's how long it's been. Um, so I think the, at lack of words is is the only reason I would have them. I wouldn't have them higher. And I just don't know what we're going to see without it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see on uh, this weekend on um, uh, whatever Sunday, so Saturday, whatever. That what, what how they'll look without him because that's a big test against Dortmund. But um, I do think uh, because he's not he's not going to be available till midseason till twenty twenty three. I see the that Leverkusen finish fourth, um, but w- maybe they do really well without him and finish higher. But I couldn't put them above this point just because again we don't know wh- how that midfield is going to look without a Florian Wurtz. All right, number three. Number three, I mean, it's kind of obvious now. Dortmund, um, I like they fixed a lot of their issues. They got a lot of uh, different components to this team that I like. 
Um, Holler, we don't know when he's coming back, but the the guy from Salzburg is a solid signing for them. I think they're gonna they do they looked really well, uh, and I forgot to to mention Jude Bellingham, which is an outstanding midfielder. He's kind of become I don't know if you agree with this or not, and I like Bellingham a lot. He, he's kind of become a little overrated, not because yeah, he doesn't have sure. a quality, but in Germany, people do not realize. In England, that Bellingham, if you took the top talents in Germany, it's worse than Musiala by far. Like, I love Bellingham. I think he's a fantastic player. And everyone's talking about um, him as a 100, 100 million player next season. And, you know, maybe he is. And I think he's absolutely phenomenal. But there's a big, there's a mountain gulf between the other two and him. So, and I think a lot of people who are not watching the Bundesliga on a regular basis do not realize that Musiala and Wirtz have, have a big gulp up because everyone kind of just assumes he's the best young, uh, young player in the Bundesliga, and that's simply not true. And I actually think uh, Jordan Burkhardt and, uh, would be probably right behind uh, Drew Bellingham, um, but I think he's a little overrated, but I do expect him to have a great season. Again, No, I, I don't mean that in a, in a mean way or a bad way, or like I'm not cheering for him. I want him to do extremely well, but I think a lot of people on the outside don't realize that Wirtz and Musiala – are the young talents in the Bundesliga that that most of the Bundesliga community is really talking about more so than than Jude. But obviously, p- people in, in other countries who follow their leagues love what Jude Bellingham brings to the England national team and et cetera, and that's why they rate him so highly. And I rate him so highly too, but I think there's there's a little bit of, of, of an overrated aspect to him, even though I like him a lot. Anyway, but he's he's in that midfield as well, and, and I think he's, he could have a really good season as well. And, um, and I think the storm team has a lot to offer and they could be, they could be something special this season. Um, I don't think they're ready to challenge for the league this season, but uh, you know, if Holler comes back early in two months, which is the expected, I think this team will be much more dangerous, but I, we don't know the health concern. We, we know what it is, but we don't know when he's going to be re- returning and when he returns, if he's going to be, if he's going to be the same or is his issue going to, um, going to affect his, uh, I guess, stamina and, and endurance in these matches. Um, but if he comes back fresh and good, uh, they could push a little higher, but I, I still don't think there's, they're quite as good as the other two. All right, number two, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, RB Leipzig, it's, this is cut, cut down the middle. Uh, I've kind of explained it already. They're, they're loaded pretty much everywhere. Little issue in defense. Got one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Uh, their midfield's pretty solid. Nkuku was the player of the year last year, and they, they still have um, um, they, Danny Olmo and Andre Silva. I think those two are going to improve. They got one of the best coaches in the league. And if you add Timo Werner to this equation, I think he's going to start scoring goals at a high level again. And if they're able to get that deal done, I think they're going to be they're going to be really dangerous. And uh, they got depth, not as much as the win- the, 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 the at, at they, have, they don't have as much depth as the, the winner of this Bundesliga, but but they're, they're very good, and I think they're going to put, put a lot of pressure on the top. All right, number one, Byron. Byron Munich, I mean, the, the Lewandowski left, and they just spent the they, – they won the transfer window. I don't care what anybody says. You can talk about Barcelona, but I don't – and that's – they've had a great window, but they also didn't have the money to spend that what they did, so maybe that goes into it. But uh, the amount of that they spent, they just, they just spend a lot. But they got some cheap deals and and they just platform themselves so well as with the reserves there and they're they're starting a lot eleven and I think it's hard to say 
But I think Thomas Mill is going to go back to being a uh, a more uh, consistent goal scorer, and I could see him having a an eighteen goal season along with his his customary seventeen assists and and, and whatnot. But but I and Sane, I think Sane is going to be great. I think Mane is going to be great. I think Kings of Coleman off the bench. I mean. Top to bottom, they have one of the they have Jamal Musiala, one of the best talents in the in the, in the world um, at that position. So, I think there's there's not anything that this team doesn't do well. The defense, uh, maybe there's some questions there. I think they're not going to be shut down, but I think they're they're going to be improved from last season at least. And you still got Manuel Neuer in the goal patrolling it, and not to mention Joshua Kimmich and Goretzka in midfield. I think it's just it's a, it's a just it's a different monster. It's a different beast. And that's why they continue to win the league. All right. Well, I'm very excited for Friday. Um, expect this to be a weekly occurrence, folks. Um, the Deutschland football hour is back. Um, obviously, we're not going to do a donkey of the week or anything. Um, but I do want to do your preseason awards. Um, All right. Uh, Go so, ahead. first off, who, who's going to be your young player of the season? Um, let's see. <laughs> I, I I think I'm gonna go Jamal Musiala. Um, I hold on. Let me think about this. Just give me a second. I, I just look. I I gotta think deep here. Um, yeah, I think it has to be him. Um, even though technically, I I think I awarded it to him in the past, maybe two years ago. Um, but I think, given the circumstances of the league and how it's changed, I. And I don't usually like to give the same award to the same person um, more than once, but it's not back-to-back year. So I'm going to say Jamal Muziala. I would say that uh, there's, there's, there's several other options that, that could be interesting for this season. Um, but I, I just think that what he'll do – because remember, Musiala is not just a midfielder. He plays out wide. He plays in the middle. He can play up front. Uh, Nagelsmann can put him anywhere he wants in and, and still going to be really a, a difference maker for them. And you see what he does, does in 60 minutes against um, against Leipzig. I can only imagine what he'll do when he has Goretta next to him. So I think uh, Musiala is not an open-ended choice because there's a lot of good talent, but I, I think that's kind of the direction I'm going because I, I because Wurtz is going to be out for, for half the year, and I think Musiala will, will, will be too far ahead by that point. So I, I'm going to go Jamal Musiala. As your young player of the season. All right. Yeah. So who's going to win the golden boot? I think it'll be close, but I'm going Patrick Schick. I think, look, I, I think. Wait, say that again? How many goals? Just throw out a number. All right, so he got 20 last year. Um, I'm going to say, all right, I'll do this. I think uh, Mane will have 26, and I think Schick will have 29. All right. Um, I think those two are close. I think Nkuga will score goals. But I, because he's so much, he's also a supplier. I think he's gonna. He, it, it won't. It won't be as open ended as that because uh, he does other things as well. Where Schick is a, a straight up goal scorer. I think Sadio Mane is an also kind of a supplier too. Since Schick's main objective when he when he puts on that that Bayer Leverkusen jersey is to put walls in the back of the net, where the responsibilities of Sane, Mane and um, and Nkuku, they they'll do more necessarily. So I think Schick will have more opportunities to score since he's, he's the one that they're relying on. And I know they brought in the, the, the guy from um, St. Petersburg, but I, I think they're going to play them together. And I think 
Schick is is healthy all the way through, will will win the Golden Boot. But I I really don't know. But that's just that's just my gut feeling at the moment. All right, who's going to be your keeper of the season? Um, oof. I I'm going to go with um. Oh, this is hard. Um, I'm going to go with uh, oh god. Um, I'm going to go with Kevin Trapp. Um, I think, I think Frankfurt not having a striker, um, is a problem for them going as least trying to get in the Europa league or whatever. Um, but I think the, the comfortness of having a goalkeeper, that's not going to let, um, let them let goals in was going to be consistent there. Even when the defense is is wavering, he's going to be there to make a save in important moments. So because of that, and again, Frankfurt season will be defined by if they score goals. But I think the fact that they can re- they know that their goalkeeper is gonna gonna come up big in, in big moments is important. And I think um, I mean there's, there's a few I could have gone with, but I think Kevin Trapp is is kind of it's it's probably um, Frankfurt's most important player. And as long as he does what he's supposed to, I think he'll have an outstanding campaign. All right, finally, player of the season. Oh boy. Um who I think it will be or who will actually get it. <laughs> who do you think it'll be? It's just a you know. I, they won't give it to him, but I think it'll be Thomas Mueller. Um, I think because Mueller's for the last couple of years hasn't really been a goal scorer and has been he's his his impact on uh, passing and other aspects of the game kind of have get kind of it, it just it, it just get caught it just it's caught under the all the other things that Byron does. So it's not recognized, but but if you're asking me who do I think the best player in the league this season will be, I think it'll be Thomas Muller because I think he'll score more goals, and I think the the, the partnership with him and Sonny will be huge. Or sorry, Mane will be huge. Um, I think Mane has a great chance too, but it's it, it, I think it's between it's between Muller, um, Sonny, sorry Mane, and uh, and Nkuku. But I would I would say Thomas Muller, even though I know they won't give it to him, but I think he'll be the best player this season. All right, well, looking forward to Friday. We're less than 48 hours away from football. Indeed. (laughs) Yep. All right, well, we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Come on, Schalke, and bye-bye.